0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Again, welcome to The Drawing Board Podcast with your host, Andre Ebron, and the author of the book, The Drawing Board, which is a powerful, thought-provoking testimonial that challenges the reader to examine their life and reimagine the possibilities. Can you all believe this is the sixth show? I told you I was going to pilot 12 shows, and we are in the middle, and I could not have better guests to break it up in the middle to make sure that we have uh, some Interesting content, some interesting uh, conversations and things that will provoke you not just to thought, but move you directly to action. Tonight, we are entitling our show. Somebody asked me, they said, what are we going to talk about tonight? I kept you in suspense. I kept you waiting. And tonight we're going to talk about Beyond the Ceiling. I have a women empowerment panel here today and I'll go ahead but I want to introduce them before I read their bio. So to my direct right I have Anisa Prowl. Say hello to the people, Anisa.
1: Hi everybody.
0: All right, glad to have you on the show. I have Carlotta Tut Holloway.
1: Hello, hello.
0: All right, watch out. And we have to my left, my immediate left, Lavonda Dukes. Hello. All right. And to my left beyond her, we have Stephanie Hall.
2: Hello everyone.
0: All right, so with this whole office, this entire studio full with women, I want you all to call in with questions. I want you to post questions on Facebook because there are a lot of things related to family, relationship, ministry, community, and career that we can talk about. So let me start off uh, just asking how are you all tonight?
1: I'm great. Pretty how good. Everybody voted, so yeah, right. so we're feeling pretty good. and Waiting on outcomes.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Interesting day. So if you didn't vote, you have approximately the polls close in about an hour. So you need to get in line. Make sure as long as you're in line, they cannot deny you the right to vote. So the interesting thing, I went to vote today. And do you know my ballot got rejected twice? No
3: way. Yeah. Too.
0: Yeah. So my ballot got rejected twice. And, you know, the young lady told me, oh, this machine has been acting up. And, and so, of course, a minute I went kind of conspiracy mm, theorist yeah. on. I'm like, okay, do the rejected <laughs> right, ballots right. get, you know, get cast aside or, uh, but I stood there and I waited till it was accepted. And I do hope and pray, uh, that every vote counts because I know that it does. I was looking up and thinking about how powerful it is. Uh, to see, I, I went at seven o'clock this morning and there were lines out the door. Uh, I was thinking about how meaningful it is, not just for African women, but for women to have not just the privilege, but the right to vote. So I thought about 1848 to 1920 and mm-hmm. the women's suffrage movement. I thought about 1965 with the Voting Rights Act, which also allowed, you know, and gave the access and the privilege for African American and women to vote. So how w- how important was it to you to get out there and vote?
1: Or well, for me, just, I mean, as a woman, as a black woman, as a U.S. citizen, as a person that cares for her fellow citizens, um, as an aunt, um, as a mentor to me is extremely important. Uh, I mean, there's 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 no way around it. I mean, there's to me, there's no other decision. I mean, if if you care about your country, if you care about the outcomes, if you care about the citizens, then you have to, you know, you, you, you have to let your voice be heard. And if you don't let your voice be heard, then what can you say about it? What can you say about the outcomes? But it's important to, to, you know, to research, um, all of the, all of the options that you have, all of the, um, people that are running, all of the candidates, all of the proposals. And, and I take that very, very seriously. So I think it's just very important if you care about the country, if you care about what's going on, if you care about your future, then you have to vote.
0: And yeah, what about you, Vonda? What do you think about that?
1: I think the biggest thing for me is
3: um, creating opportunities for not just myself, but for others. And we have to start from the very bottom, work to the top. And the only way to do that is to vote. So OK, no, so
0: you say started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> OK. All right. Steph.
2: Um, it was, um, of great importance to me just picking, piggybacking mm-hmm. off of the fact that being a black, um, woman. Um, but then also knowing that my grandmother who was in her eighties is making it a priority of hers mm-hmm. to make sure her vote is getting done. Although she's not as mobile to get out, she made sure we had her absentee ballot mm-hmm. ready. I know
1: that's right. And mm-hmm. she
2: was very knowledgeable on all of the people that she was voting for. So that I feel like I would do a disservice to, um, my grandparents, um, who, you know, fought for that to make sure that we had that right to be able to vote if I didn't get out and stand in line and make sure my voice was heard.
0: Absolutely. What about you, Anissa?
2: So politics is something that's always been really mm-hmm. interesting to me.
4: Um, I can remember always going with my parents to vote and being able to get the vote sticker to or like future voters. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. something that I know not only have people sacrificed for all of us to be able to, but also how important it is for our kids and our future and what it means. So today was really important. I went at 7. Um, and I think at 7.15, when I finally went through the line, I was voter 50. And I thought, like, mm. that's amazing. Because I it didn't seem like such a huge polling location. Mm. But already at that time, just people turning out. So then you can't vote on Facebook by your comments. Like, Absolutely. what people try to do. Like, get out there and have your voice heard. So that even if you feel like it's so far away, you did your due diligence mm-hmm. to figure out what proposal you wanted to vote for, who mm-hmm. you think is the best candidate. So that instead of complaining... And then talking about it like behind closed doors, you're actually doing something to change it. So I think it's important.
0: Right. So using our knowledge as a weapon and making sure and not necessarily let me take that back, not weaponizing our knowledge, but mm-hmm. applying our knowledge mm-hmm. uh, for desired outcomes. I, I think that the knowledge is, a, is power, but applied knowledge mm-hmm. uh, produces that wisdom that we need in order to see change. I think that we're at a critical point where clearly we need some change politically, uh, economically, uh, relationally, within our neighborhoods, our community, Mm -hmm. our city, our state, our nation. And so voting is that process. I saw... Uh, there there's that whole uh, concept of, you know, well, my vote doesn't count or, you know, well, we stand on the shoulders of giants and people have literally died for the opportunity just to, for their voice to be heard through voting. So now we're getting ready to employ via the drawing board podcast what's called a knock and drag. They used to do this in Chicago where they used to knock on the door and drag the people Mm -hmm. out to go vote. So I'm coming across the airways to you on Facebook and on Podcast Detroit. This is the proverbial knock and drag. Come out of your house, go vote, get in line. Let's rock the vote. So Miss Tut Holloway, I'm going to introduce you to the world via your bio. Then we're going to get into uh, some of the nitty and gritty of some of the great things that you have done. So Miss Carlotta Tut Holloway is a progressive marketer with 20 years experience in the field of marketing, events, media and advertising. Carlotta has held account management, experiential marketing and media buying and planning positions for companies such as A&E Television Networks, NWI is it Iyer? Air. Air, excuse <laughs> me, NW Air and Partners, BBDO Detroit, Carlson Marketing, Momentum Worldwide and Global Hue. Her career consists of developing and executing marketing, digital, social media, traditional advertising, and event strategies for such high-level brands as Walmart, Chrysler International, Dodge, Ford, Lincoln, General Motors, BMW, McDonald's, Verizon Wireless, Sujin G. Coleman, and the United States Navy. So there is so much more here that you have done, Miss Tut Holloway, but I'm telling you, uh, it is awesome what I have read here. Can can you take me to your start? Like, when did you, how did you start uh, pursuing marketing and advertising? And how did you know that's what you wanted to do?
1: Um, Actually, it was by watching television. So it's not not that dynamic of a story, but the show Who's the Boss? So I used to love Who's the Boss from the 80s, and um, I loved Angela Bauer. She was um, an advertising agency owner. So that's literally what I wanted to do. I've always been creative, um, but I always wanted to be a businesswoman as well. And to me, advertising was the perfect marriage of um, creativity, but then also um, business, so from from that moment on, it stuck. I was probably around thirteen, and it literally stuck from that time. Around. I never in my my affinity for advertising and marketing hasn't changed since then. That's literally just what I wanted to do at the age of thirteen. So I studied um advertising um and communications at Purdue University. And, and then once West I got Lafayette. out of school, West Lafayette, right. <laughs> typical New County. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I studied Advertisers and Communications uh, along with African American Studies in, uh, at Purdue University. Um, came out and got into the ad world, and I've been an ad girl ever since.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So what I love about what you said, though, is somebody's listening who is extremely frustrated because they are a creative But they also have this analytical part of them. And if they've gone into fields where it just requires, you know, analytics and they're breaking down numbers and they're organizing and they're structuring things, it feels like that creative part of them just gets frustrated. They won't
1: be satisfied. They won't be
0: satisfied. Or they might be in such a creative space where, you know, they're, they're at home and they might be like producing some things or they're drawing, sketching or They have some digital media arts that they're interacting with, but it's not producing that level of finance they need uh, in order to sustain the life they want. And so I'm hearing you say that
1: too, right? So
0: the perfect marriage between for you between your creative side and your analytical side was Mm -hmm. advertising, which incorporated the business and the creative.
1: No, yeah, it absolutely did, and 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 um, I was actually really pleased with that direction because I'm I'm again. I've always been a creative thinker, and and I have to be in a creative environment. So an ad agency, of course, you know, we get down to business, it's corporate, but it's a little bit more creative corporate, and it's a little bit more fun corporate. So so especially working around creatives, I was never in a creative department, but, I mean, uh, we collaborate creatively to, to develop um, our client experiences and initiatives and campaigns um, collectively. So, um, again, it's just always a creative environment. It's typically a little bit more colorful. It's a little bit more casual, you know, just a more fun office. We dress more casual. So everything about it was just a lot more creative, not just the environment, but all the people as well. But then it is a corporate setting, too. So honestly, it was it was exactly what I needed. I did um, work um, in a strictly corporate office at one point when I worked at Annie um, in a history channel and biography magazine. Um, so that was a little bit more on just the corporate side. That's the only place well, that was the only non-agency that I actually worked in. But I was still able to to work creatively because I was still on the ad team. So, yeah, it was perfect for me. Very right. satisfying.
0: Awesome. So that kind of goes into what Anissa does. So. Anissa Proud is a native of Winter, Wintersville, Ohio. She is a 2010 graduate of the Ohio State University. <laughs> uh, we, we, will we will not hold that against you. We will not hold that against you. I have educated about that. You have to uh, say Yes, me. the Ohio State <laughs> University. After graduation, she moved to Detroit, Michigan in order to join the 2010 uh, Detroit Corps of Teach for America. Um Proud has been entrenched in the work of urban education for nearly a decade, and her favorite part of working in education is building long-lasting and meaningful relationships with her students. So listening to what Carlotta was saying mm-hmm. and talking about how creative she was— I wonder what type of student Carlotta would have been in class uh, where and she can answer. But I I want to think about like that student that you come in contact with that's like majorly creative, uh, but doesn't necessarily see the value in sitting and doing science projects or writing this narrative or these paragraphs. Like, how do you cultivate the young minds in the the city of Detroit in your field of education?
4: Yeah, I think what draws me to the city is that just this belief that I have and that the fact that All of the kids here are so bright and Mm -hmm. so talented. It's important that we as educators really uncover that. I think there's this myth that there's a deficiency here. And even if it is in test scores and things like that, like there's really just amazing potential in our kids. So for a scholar like Carlotta, I think it's really important to note, like everybody has a talent and everybody has a passion. And Mm -hmm. it takes Mm -hmm. decades for adults to find Mm -hmm. it. So when you have an adult in a school that can – navigate that for a child, I think that's the most powerful thing that you can do. And I think for kids, it's really recognizing how those are connected and having great mentors and people in the community who are willing to say, here's my story and here's how you can learn from me.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm sitting here with some beautiful, intelligent and powerful women, and I just got a text message from the woman who I am a spouse to and I'm married. And she just told me that Facebook Live doesn't have any sound. So I know if you see us, you're like, wow, these guys look great. You can't hear me. I'm just going to point in this direction so that you can see the people that are with me. We'll correct that momentarily. Um Now, I've had the privilege of working with you. Uh, I'll say, Mrs. Proud. Okay. I asked you to bring uh, your sticky note. And I don't. I, did not. I don't see it. Oh, no. So, um, yeah. in the morning uh, when we worked together, it was it was just amazing. Uh, we would be high fiving, pounding. We might have the portable uh, music playing. Who knows? I was out there ballroom hustling. It's true. Uh, <laughs> Eight thirty you know, a.m. Eight thirty in the morning, <laughs> and then we would align students in the hallway to set the tone of their day. Um, okay. Down, it was called a morning pump up. And so when Miss Proud or Anissa would have her um, her sticky note, it would be plastered to her pointer finger. Yep. And she would just, <laughs> you know, be directing the day. And even if and kids knew we were checking uniforms, we were motivating them and encouraging them. We were setting, um, you know, really, I won't say the boundaries, but the opportunities for success, um, because with inside of those boundaries is everything they needed to grow and succeed. So I know I can see I can hear the creative in Carlotta's head saying, sometimes boundaries need to be shattered. And they do. Uh oh, okay. and she said. But <laughs> but there there is a, a parameter or a pathway uh that will lead to success. And I have some other creatives in the room. And so, LaVonda, you are a serial entrepreneur. Yes, I am. And you have um you have a co-working space in Harper Woods, Michigan. Yes, I do. And it's called The Office. Yes, it is. Okay, tell us about The Office. Well,
3: I'll tell you a little bit about myself and how I got started. So, I'm a mom of three. Well, at the time, I was a mom of one when I first <laughs> got started. Um, my background is in property management. Actually, I went to Spring Arbor University. S-A-U, <laughs> in the
0: building. So, I have known LaVonda before. Before <laughs> she was at SAU, I have known her since she was in high school. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I, was. I definitely was. Mm-hmm. So, um, and actually at SAU, I studied early childhood education, which I'd have done nothing with at all. It's <laughs> a change of heart, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah I still love, well, I do actually I work with children now, just in yeah. a different way. But um, when I got out of school, of course, I had my daughter. And I found Madison. it really, really hard. Yes, my Madison. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked in property management for nine years. My mother's property manager. My aunts are property managers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my background was property management and real estate. And when I had my daughter, um, I worked in a traditional setting, nine to five. And I had the hardest time um, finding a sitter. You know, mm-hmm. people watch her one day. They wouldn't watch her. Even when she started school, it was hard to, you know, take her to school, pick her up from school. So I decided to start my own daycare. Um, I ended up having two more children. Dalen, Dalen, and Ma- Davin.
0: Yeah, Dayland's daycare, right? <laughs> yep. Okay. So
3: um, in 2010, um, my back was against the wall. It was the hardest trying to find a sitter. At the time, I had two children um, just trying to find a sitter and, you know, balancing work. So I decided to stop and start my own business. So I started my property management company, Madison's Management, after my oldest daughter. And I was doing property management from home. And then that's when I got into daycare from there. And so um, I've been doing daycare for six years now. I'm a licensed daycare in Harper Woods, Michigan. Uh, but my love is business and business development i love to develop business help others develop their business and that's where my co-working space came from so it is called the office it's in Harperwoods, michigan that's where you can find me every day (laughs) so lavonda let's
0: let's go ahead and break it down you are about securing the bag is that right that
3: would definitely okay
0: so she's about securing the bag and um i'm listening how all of this marries because you had the you went the traditional route uh, with mm-hmm. education, but you turned it into a business. Correct. All right. So you can go to college, and some people believe if I want to be an entrepreneur that I don't need to go to college, or vice versa, if I go to college then I'm kind of stuck in this rut of being and there's nothing wrong with the 9 to 5 don't get me wrong no, no, no. everybody is not designed to be an entrepreneur okay let's mm-hmm. let's get that clear <laughs> i know entrepreneur is the new sexy and everybody's like you know i'm an entrepreneur <laughs> yeah but you're running deficits in the red you know and you haven't been in the black for 8 years you know some Most something definitely. something is you know and you have those periods so i'm not discouraging anybody who is on that path uh, of entrepreneurship but i will say especially uh, especially with the family, that it was a necessity to produce some income.
3: Most definitely. All
0: right. So you're securing the bag. You're being a mom. You're running businesses. You're helping other people who want to start businesses. Okay. You're helping people fulfill that lifelong dream of, proper, of uh, home ownership, helping mm-hmm. people get their credit together. Yep. All right. So listen. If you're at a 458, and some of you are, I know you're listening, you're at a 458, please listen. You cannot grow unless you accept where you are. You went on to your credit score, uh, Experian, and they said very bad, okay? But you don't have to stay in that position. Uh, Contact LaVonda, and you'll get her information by the end of the show. And she'll help you get your credit together. And it could lead you to home ownership. Oh, it definitely can. Absolutely. So I have uh, my sister, Stephanie. <laughs> Steph, you are currently working in insurance. Yes. All right. And you have your own business as well, yes. a piece of cake. Yes. And tell us about uh, First, tell us a little bit about yourself and then uh, tell us about a piece of cake.
2: Okay. So I um, went to Wayne State University and okay. got my degree in public relations. Um, and decided that I did not want, know what I wanted to do with that degree. Um, and having a conversation with my aunt, who is a principal, she was the one that said, Stephanie, you may have a niche for kids, so you may want to, um, Venture into coming into the school and seeing how that works for you. So that then turned into a seven year venture and um, decided that because of some personal changes and things that I went on in my personal life, I decided that um, I had to take a break from it because we all know the funds that come with education is not completely there. Okay. Um, decided to go into the insurance industry, work in The Total Loss Office at Allstate, and it's a different kind of beast. Um, You deal with a different kind of breed of people. Um, But it's it's actually teaching me a lot of patience and knowing how to um, speak in love, even when the people that you are interacting with (laughs) do not bring the same vibe. (laughs) Um, and then I decided that I did um wanna get back into um dealing with the youth. So the way that I navigated that avenue is becoming a wish granter for make a wish. Okay. And then going to get working now on my masters in public administration. Um, so that I can then be able to gain that leadership role potentially and be able to execute that in implementing grant writing and policy changes when it comes to the educational sector and then 4 that into my nonprofit, which is going I want to focus on, um, the, y- the youth of the Metro Detroit area. As far as my event planning goes, um, I kind of stumbled upon it. I have a, um, I hate being late. I like to keep a schedule. I like to spend other people's money. All right. <laughs> like for a uh I like for my idea that's on paper to come to light um, in the physical form. So putting all of that into a melting pot then came about Stephanie, you like planning events. And it didn't feel like work to me. Um and just seeing that it was being able seeing that I'm able to execute that with ease, I knew that that was um something that was of interest in me. So I turned it into from a hobby to a hustle.
0: From a hobby to a hustle, hustle. <laughs> and it was easy for you, so you called it a piece of cake. a mm-hmm. piece of cake. <laughs> and so, sitting at the table with me, I have uh, someone who have do- who have done international, worldwide advertising and events. We have an educator, a serial entrepreneur, an insurance agent, and an event planner. So this is dope. Let's get ready to talk about uh, what kind of cost. Like I, I think about when we talk about success, there are certain things, certain doors you go through. So have you ever been in an environment? I'll have. I'll tell them myself. So uh, (laughs) I was at an I was uh, at a place of business and I hadn't quite leveled up yet. I hadn't leveled up uh, based upon the caliber of professionals that were in there. I had the potential, but I didn't have the product yet. So, you know, when you're around people who have already established themselves they know when somebody's green. They cannot. I mean, it, it's really obvious when you're the green one in the room. Uh, you do. I did more listening than I did talking. Believe that or not, uh, you know, and so there are certain things at each level you go that you have to leave at the door uh, okay. before going in. So let me ask you, you all, what did you all have to leave with each door? Because each each one of you all had a story about uh, and I, before I go into that. Uh, proud, I remember when you were telling me that you initially were planning on like pursuing a law degree mm-hmm. and you changed that up and switched that up because you felt led to going to education. Now you had the full capacity, you had the contacts, the connects. It could, it was something easily done because yeah. you had the intellectual prowess to do it, but you followed not just your passion, but your gift.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So um, for me, you know, I always wanted to be a great student. School was a priority. My dad came to this country when he was 17. So to tell an immigrant dad, you're getting an A minus is terrifying. Like Mm -hmm. it was like an A, you have to be the best. I want you to have opportunities that I didn't have. This is really important. So going through, um, school and college, like it was just, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to do the best. And for me, um, I was really politically active at that point. Um, I had grown up in a really small town, a steel town, Um, you know, and I got to college. I went to the Ohio state university, Um, but going to Ohio state was just a really big deal. Like people from my town didn't necessarily go away far. And if they went to college, like I was going to the biggest college in the state, like it was just very important um, that I do well. And I wanted to not only for myself, but for my family because it was kind of all of us were going on this opportunity that neither of my parents had. So um, for me, going there, I wanted to be a lawyer. That was my dream. Um, I took all of my political science, pre-law classes. I got to senior year and I just felt um, kind of at like a standstill of just like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Um, And through all of my political work, it was just like, I couldn't find what cause, like, I believe in this and I believe in this, but like, what is like the thing that I'm going to like die on the sword for? Like, what is, what am I supposed to do in this life? So, Um, My senior year, I was an RA on the international floor, um, which was awesome. I got Mm -hmm. to experience, like, so many different people and cultures. Um, But during that time, um, two of the girls on my floor had gotten sexually assaulted. Mm. Um, And it was just – I was, you know, their point person at the university to kind of field all of these feelings and and circumstances that um, just were really tough for them. So – Um, I was really disappointed in, like, the legal aspect of how it was all handled. But yet I was studying, like, working my butt off to be this. And it was just, like, this moment of, like, what am I doing? Um, And I think that question is scary. And it sounds like all of us at this table had this drawing board moment where we're like, okay, so I'm on this path. um, But now, like, I'm not, like, wait, what? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm being challenged to, like, revisit it. And that's really terrifying. Um, So for me, it was – my best friend wanted me to go with her to a Teach for America information session. I'd taken the LSAT, taken the Kaplan course, like yes. asked teachers for recommendations, um, sat at a dinner table with my parents, got my LSAT score, was like ready to go and mm-hmm. went with her um, just because, you know, you're on campus. You don't want to walk alone. We know how that is. Mm-hmm. Like we go with Moral our friends. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. And I just was really inspired. And I thought, is this like the missing piece of something that I can do? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, like, buying time. Like, I can do this now and then still go to law school. Like, that's kind of, you know, the nature of the program. Like, you can do this and then leave, right? But then hopefully what what it leaves you with is just a different view of what's happening so that you can make a difference in law or in whatever field you Mm -hmm. go into, um, so, I did that terrifying thing. And I just thought, like, this is the fourth deadline. At that point, it was when like, Teach for America was recruiting a lot, but also very limiting, like, of who they were selecting. So, I thought, like, uh, I'm going to put my hat in the ring. I prayed a lot about it. Like, if this is supposed to happen, it's crazy. Like, this is not my, like, I do this because I'm saying I'm going to do this. Like, I'm not very adventurous. Like, my husband will <laughs> tell you, like, we just moved into a house and I'm scared to go to the basement by myself. <laughs> like, so, like, going and doing something different. I think that a,
0: a lot of people may feel that way though, yeah, my like, wife
4: right, yeah. right so doing something career changing is like super scary not just mm-hmm. semi-scary like the basement but um yeah i applied and i remember getting that email and it was just like everything changed um and it was i know like I'm on my path but I think if i wouldn't have had that moment of like the fear is worth it right I wouldn't be mm-hmm. doing something that now like you know and I've had to tell my dad like I love you, and I know that law school is important for you. But like the impact mm-hmm. that I'm having here is something that's unmatched. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and I have to do this. Like I know, even though it's hard, and I work with <coughs> middle schoolers. Like, middle schoolers. Oh my goodness! You have to be a very special <laughs> person
0: to yeah. work with middle yeah, schoolers.
4: Yeah, but like just the what I have gained from it and how they have shaped me is like unmatched. So I think back to your point. Like coming back and revisiting is what. I would advise like any young woman who like don't be scared to take a chance when, you know, like whether it's for family or whether it's just like a gut feeling, like go with it because, you know, you and you have to make the best out of your own life. So be willing
1: to take a chance and see it through. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Carlotta, what did you have to leave at the door?
1: Um for me um I would say the most important thing or the biggest thing that I had to leave at the door was being an employee. Um and again like I said entrepreneurship is not for everybody but it's definitely something that was in my heart and I had to try. Um so I've been an entrepreneur for not that long now but it's been 6 years now. So my my, my baby True Root Marketing so is out 6 years old. True but for but for me again um um, I've always just been a creative thinker and um, I've just always had lots of different interests and I just really wanted more time to play with those interests and again my um, I need diversity in my life, a lot of diversity in my life, and because I do a lot of things now, and now I really see how much diversity I need in my life. But I knew that then as well. Again, I was involved in lots of different things, lots of different organizations, and I, I just didn't feel like I was giving them um the time that they deserved. All the different things that I wanted to do, all the different initiatives um that I was working on, and and then again, I need diversity in my life, but also in my day. So you know, at at my job, you know, it, it was cool. Um, I enjoyed the work. Um, it afforded me the opportunity to travel uh, many times, see many different interesting and cool things, meet um, interesting people, but it still wasn't enough. I still needed that diversity in my day. Like I don't even like sitting in the same office every day. Like I have to work in different places. That's just how my brain works. Everybody's different. Some people like, look, I gotta sit, at, I gotta be right here every day, same <laughs> right. place, in right. order for me to focus and maintain <laughs> interest. Right. So every, everybody's brain just works a and little different. <laughs> like, and, and even maybe some creative people even but for me I have to have diversity in my day. So so for me entrepreneurship was it. And that was in being an employee probably was the main thing that um that I had to leave behind and I, and, and for me um I'm not crossing my fingers because I'm not superstitious, but I'm just claiming that I'm never going back. Not unless I decide that I want to. Um, but at this point, um, I don't think that that's going to happen. Because, <laughs> um, again, my hands, I mean, I think I sit in a lot of different worlds. I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm also I'm an entrepreneur training. So I do um, entrepreneur courses for Build Institute and I teach um the national co-starters um cohort for entrepreneurs I think a lot um I, um I educate um, a lot of um um entrepreneurs on marketing um I have an organization called the She is Project which Absolutely. is a, um for multicultural um women of color entrepreneurs um and then also I educate youth on entrepreneurship with my the She is Project youth um I'm on a lot of boards I'm um, going to do a lot of volunteer work um I'm very ingrained in the arts and culture community so uh, for me that just that creates the diversity that I need in my life. And I would hate to not be able to do those things. And, again, being in the the one place all day, every day, would not nearly afford me the opportunity to do the things that I want to do. So, yeah, for me, that was probably the biggest thing, leaving behind being an
0: employee. That's great. If I could just plug you for a second. So if there's a school that's listening, a principal (laughs) says, listen, I have these young ladies that are interested in science, technology, engineering, Mm -hmm. arts and math. And I I need a powerhouse to come in and organize a day that can motivate my young ladies to know the potential of their gifts, their creativity, yeah. uh, to ignite them. The SHE X projects mm-hmm. can go into the school and have a whole day.
1: Absolutely. It reminded me when you were talking about how you start the day with the excitement. It reminded me of my launched youth program. Um, again, it's some entrepreneurship and exploration and career exploration for youth. Um, but the very first one I did was at E-Course High School. We took over the school for the entire day. Started out with a pep rally. It was so much fun with the. DJ. A Carlotta and Tuck then, Holloway takeover? You know, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun but again like I, I develop experiences for a living. Again, you know, marketing is very vast and marketing, um, and I specialize in um, strategy but also experiential marketing which is like a lot of large scale events and that started with um, when I started um, work with uh, Global Hue and I would do Essence Music Festival for Walmart. I did the Latin Grammys with Dodge. So that kind of started my um, experiential slash events um, career and it just stuck with me. So I'm just used to developing experiences to to um to incite a brand ambassadorship for for large brands. And and I institute that in everything that I do. If it's I have some small, small uh, business clients that I work with as well and I incorporate as much experiential marketing as I can um, in those experiences, but also any initiatives that I work with, any of the boards that I'm on, any of the events or conferences that we do. I'm the one, even with Buff, you know that. Yes. I'm the one who I said this has to be a true experience. Absolutely. Um, in a really cool and interesting, fun way. You can educate in a fun and cool way. I mean, you guys know that. Yeah. And, and I can't take over a high school for the day and it's going to be boring. No. like yeah, like absolutely. you have to educate those kids, but in a fun, cool way. Otherwise, they are not going to want you to come back and they're not going to get out of it what you want. You what what you want them to get out of it. So, again, you just have to capture their attention um, and keep it. Well, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir with yeah. these educators over here. Um, but um, but again, I institute those experiences and the need to develop and offer cool and fun and interactive experiences in just about everything that I do when you start off. With something big Like a Essence Music Festival It's like It's ingrained in you I mean I have to institute 40 hours of Nothing but fun And entertainment So once Absolutely. you get That in your brain mm-hmm. It is never going away So did so. you all You all
0: heard Carlotta <laughs> said That she was taking uh, Me and another guest To a uh, Essence Fest Next year I heard it <laughs> If you didn't hear, I heard it. So we're doing a girl Yeah, you and I'm tagging along. Yes, I'm going to carry <laughs> all the bags. That is going to be my responsibility. <laughs> yeah. I'm there. So let's talk about it. What did you all have to leave at the door? What What did that leap of faith look like for you all? Um, into education, out of education, into insurance, into entrepreneurship. Uh, like how? What What did that moment look like? Take me exactly to that moment where you were like, "I have to do this."
3: Um I think for me the I have to do this moment Came when I had a contract in Pontiac, which is, as you know, an hour away from Detroit. My daughter mm-hmm. was in school. The and this is like the fourth time she's called. Yeah, she's called. This is like the fourth time she's called and said, they forgot to come get me from school. And I literally mm-hmm. had to walk mm-hmm. off my job. And at that moment, I was like, I'm not going back. I have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And property management, like I said, is my background. That's where I'm comfortable at. I was following people in court at 11 years old. So this is what I know. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do it though without. The finance part of it, because I didn't have any other financial backing, and that's where the daycare came into
0: play. And you, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute. You going past? <laughs> who, you were sending bailiffs after people at eleven years old. Oh, right. Let's talk about this. Over was, let's, let's not skip on this. <laughs> this. At eleven years old, you were sending bailiffs she was to people's not door. Like sixth grade, you know. Sixth grade,
3: you, you know uh, my six, aunt, aunt Mary. Mary. Oh, I do. I know, you know her. I know her, and she's been in property management since I was. Three or four years old. Yes. So at 11 years old, I used to go to her office after school. Filing paperwork. Yep, and mm-hmm. I would be filing paperwork, and then she taught me how to fill out the court notices, and then I'd go and deliver them to all the people who didn't pay their rent. <laughs> I learned a lot about the process. So yep. my daughter's 11 now, and I teach her the process.
0: Okay. She's 11, and you're teaching her already. She does my yeah.
3: evictions now. Oh, <laughs> wow. wow. That is the first
0: first thing you learn on the job. We're going to teach you how to get people up out of here right. who are not paying the bills. The interesting thing about that, did you know that— uh, Aunt Mary, or Auntie Mary, as she's affectionately oh, Auntie known. Mary, yeah, Mary. Auntie Mary, baby. Yeah, Auntie Mary, baby. Did you know that um, I got my first town home, uh from her? Me too. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so it was interesting. Picture me. I'm a senior in college. I'm engaged to this beautiful young lady, Shalisa Ebron. I know you're watching, baby. I love you. Hi, sir. And... <laughs> you know what it's like to be a college student. I was working and trying to get my money up. So I mm-hmm. took my little refund check <laughs> and I went and paid my down payment because if you're going to get married, you have to have a place to live, right, right. right? So I had to go get the apartment uh early. I had to get it a month early and mm-hmm. I had the apartment in wait. And, you know, at that point, I was making enough money to uh come home and watch the paint dry. Uh, but <laughs> I had four walls and a roof. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about like, Watching how you've grown and developed and not watching how you have your kids involved in all type of activities and how, you know, you're invested in their life and, you know, Mm -hmm. and I watch at the office, what's the name of the dance troupe?
3: Uh, Reigning Elite Dance
0: Company. Okay, Reigning Elite Dance Company. I watched them practice there. <laughs> and you go by right there on the corner of Harper and Vernier. You know, it's not 8 Mile once it's you go in into, Veneer. you know, <laughs> yeah, Harper and Vernier. And you'll go by like during the summertime. They were practicing out, outside and they do, like, majorette-style uh, yeah, dancing, right?
3: Yeah, they're competitive traveling majorette team. Okay, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I asked Madison on Sunday mm-hmm. at church if she wanted some. I was ready for the battle, you know, <laughs> all right? She is ready. Yeah, she stays ready, and they do such a great job. And, Thank you. Um, for you all that are watching, do you know LaVonda, she could not stand my guts when she first met me <laughs> because I was on top of her. Like, she was down at college, and my wife went to SAU as well, so her mother had told uh, my uh, her mother told my wife at the time, "Make sure you keep an eye on Vonda." So I took that as a hashtag. That's you too, Drake. Keep mm-hmm. an eye out. So if you know anything about me, especially for my sister over oh, here Jesus. too, or anybody <laughs> around me, if you're gonna come around the women that I love and respect, you gotta come correct. That so funny. brothers, and listen, and I will hold you accountable. Don't come tell me your name is a uh, Dayday. No, no, no. Or oh, that—that's funny. <laughs> but I will ask you, what is your full government? I need mm-hmm. to know who you are, who that's your people true. are, and what are you? Where are you? planning on taking my family tonight so that if i have to come find you i know exactly who you are and where you are and i, I would do that wouldn't i, That's why and, I would use, yeah, and i would use the back door and i would use right she said she left out the back door but uh, <laughs> like i'm with you so i'm the same way with her. yeah oh i will. <laughs> I say, who's supposed to like you oh no, no one is gonna no not though. at all no
3: but you know what i will say this though our relationship when it started off it was crazy you was the big brother I never wanted yes <laughs> but absolutely this, but you know what and this is something about entrepreneurship too Um, you have to learn how to learn yourself mm-hmm. entrepreneurship teaches yes, you so much true. about yourself I'm not a yeah. morning person I don't like this I do yeah. like that and, and how it correlates to you especially with our relationship is I've grown to have such a respect for you you are one of the smartest people that I know and you will force it on me whether I want it or not <laughs> but the information <laughs> is solid it's valuable is good and I've taken a lot of things that you've told me I've taken a lot of things that you've shown me and I've taken a lot of your professionalism and applied it to my own business and oh, it's worked for awesome. me yes, so yes. as we're a, as a college Vonda it would have been like he is driving me nuts now I'm like okay Andrew what did you say
1: again
3: <laughs> <laughs> say it one more time so I can write it down because it's good information I appreciate that
0: and you know the good thing about it and we're honoring how powerful uh, you know women are in not just the workplace the environment but the world you know I got that game from my mom uh, my mom would always tell me when it comes to relationships, she said, you have to learn what they value and appreciate it. But then you also have to appreciate what it is that they value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is how I try to engage every relationship. And one of the hardest lessons that I've had to learn, and I had to learn it, was that you you have to give the people you love the space to make those. And it could be like <coughs> life altering type, you know, decisions. And you're like, wait a minute, I see that it's not, you know, and giving them the grace to learn their own lessons. And, you know, for me, bump yeah, their own head. it bumped their own head. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and you know, having kids and having younger sisters, I'm always moving the coffee table, baby proofing the house. <laughs> and I was trying to help people baby proof the <laughs> life. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's going viral right there. I'm going to help you baby proof your life. Okay, <laughs> you know? All right. But it, it's, it's amazing that I've seen like awesome growth uh in my sister Stephanie too just how she has been such a help to me <laughs> such a help to me i'm
2: just paying you back you know
0: <laughs> and uh just people that you can be transparent with you know mm-hmm. sometimes it's difficult to find those type of relationships because mm-hmm. and you might be in a relationship this is for a brother that's listening brother if the if the young lady the person that you're dating or even your wife if she gives you some vital information and I used this word earlier. Please don't weaponize that information when you're like in a, a, a disagreement or argument or anything else like that. Don't turn around and fire that back as a missile because you're going to do damage to the vulnerability and you probably may never regain that ground. Correct. Yeah. So I'm giving you the game, brothers. It was given to me <laughs> uh, to, to by my mom, Jeanette Ebron. And uh, while we're honoring uh, women, I need to honor two people and then I have some questions. Uh, I have to honor Jeanette E. Brown, my mom. So when we talk about shattering glass ceilings, this was uh, well she had me when she was 30. So this is prior to that, prior to 1982, uh, which is one of the greatest years ever known to man. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> uh, she was a Marine. And so she qualified for all of the like flight school. She qualified for everything. Um, but her direct officer her direct uh report he was trying to deny her the opportunity Mm -hmm. like she went she qualified in jump school she talked about how she you know the um uh the different light poles that they you know they have to scaffold Mm -hmm. up and do all of those things she had done all of that as a woman in the military and then look at how god works is that they 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 changed her direct officer and so she was afforded those opportunities. She happened to run into this handsome guy named William Ebron and, you know, the rest is history. But I want to honor her. And I also want to honor my pastor, uh, the chief apostle, Dr. Carolee Dixon, who is a pioneer in so many ways, uh, apostolic in our calling to ministry, a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, uh, an awesome mom and grandmom, uh, available ear for mentors and, and, The thing about it is that being around these women have, like, revolutionized my life, my perspective. Uh, When I talk about my mom, I'm talking about the very first uh, massage that I learned to give. She said, now, boy, when you get a wife, you got to come on, get this left shoulder right here. I got to show you how to do it, you know, (laughs) going to the store and, you know, making sure that I'm attentive to my wife and my daughter's needs. Um, She made sure that happened. Uh, Imagine being five years old. And having to get out of the car and go open her door and open every single door. Um, so let me ask you about chivalry. Is chivalry dead? Sure or do you all still, like, appreciate chivalry? Is that a thing?
1: It. I appreciate it. I mm, definitely appreciate it. I welcome it.
0: I think we just yeah and it I don't time. think it's dead either
1: mm-hmm. but I think we I think we can all probably so, still appreciate yeah. it yeah, yeah. okay
0: yeah. I'm telling you I have been now let's let's contrast these things so in our personal relationships like chivalry is awesome right right mm-hmm. but like think about it, so in the I'm just talking about from experience in a workplace I have had like uh, ladies reject my offer mm. to be chivalrous <laughs> you know and it's especially really, now especially <laughs> mm-hmm. now so like I went to hold the door and like uh, you go in Right. I
3: got this Now y'all debating at <laughs> yeah, the door yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah. a different time mm-hmm. Like when yeah. you're when you're raised correctly Or when you're taught a certain way I think that is the correct way That's the way it's supposed to be But we live in different times And like I tell people If you um, take that position away from people That they need Like if you're supposed to be the man in their life And you're supposed to be protected You're supposed to be the provider And they have to do it themselves They don't need you any longer So a mm-hmm. lot of women are made to do the things That they shouldn't mm-hmm. have to do So mm-hmm. they don't even recognize When the chivalry comes their way Because they're used to playing a role that's not meant for them.
0: All right. So that's a question. That's a more general question. What does it mean to be a woman in 2018? Everything. That rhyme right everything. there. Let me tell you. What, what does it mean everything. to be a woman in 2018? No, break it down for me. I won't, like, let's get granular in our expression. Like, what does it mean? Because uh there are some that says uh, he needs to, you know, make sure that, Being a man in my life means X, Y, and Z. Some women say, no, this is what it means for me. Some women say, no, I want to be a stay-at-home mom, which, by the way, I believe that is one of the hardest jobs in the entire world. I had to stay home when I had to. I took off some time, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to help my wife. And our children are 18 months apart almost to the day. So one was in diapers, one was in pull-ups. I took two weeks off, like, you know, I'm going to give my wife a break. And, of course, I worked hard because I had a point to prove, you know. <laughs> I had a point to prove. I tell you, brothers, I really I really did it to support her, but also had a point to prove. I was trying to prove a point, and I felt miserably at it. But <laughs> I, uh, I woke up, I got the kids bottles, and got them dressed for the day. By the time I finished that and got a load of clothes in, it was time to make lunch. By the time I finished that, (laughs) it was time to prep the dinner. By the time I did that, they wouldn't go to sleep. I mean, so, like, all of these things, yeah, all (laughs) of these things are are, are (laughs) very real. just
3: ran my whole day down. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, I mean, when one was sleeping, the other one was awake, trying to wake the other one up. I mean, so, like, (laughs) this is what it was. But seriously, like, what does it mean individually? Go around, feel free. What does it mean to you personally to be a woman in 2018?
2: Uh, For me, um... I can go ahead. For me, um, personally, my love language is uh, quality time.
0: Okay, QT. So
2: although I am spoiled, I like certain things. I want you to probably buy me certain things. The most valuable thing you can give me is your time. And to know that, um, you know, you made it your priority to spend time with me. Um, Is very valuable to me because a lot of things that you could be spending your time on, you know, you I, I was, you know, married, as we all know, to somebody who was very invested in their business. And that was very important to them and which I supported. Um, but that did in turn take time away from us um, uh, spending time with each other. And that made a huge impact because that's something that's important to me. I am very independent. Like I said, I'm, I am a hustler. I. Have two jobs, have a business, I go to school, I know how to get done what I need to get done and do what I need to do. I really don't need you for financial or tangible mm-hmm. things. Um, mm, that's, I need, now, that's strong. I need, you know, when 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 I'm tired, I need you to be my strength. When I'm uh, weak and I'm, you know, down on my luck and I don't feel like praying or, you know, I need you to be able to pull that weight. And, and in doing that, I need you to be able to do that with me.
0: So can can I give a little pushback? Can I ask a question? So is mm-hmm. that I? I when I need you, you need to be available. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's contrast schedules because because you are a high performance professional, mm-hmm. generally attracts a high performance professional mm-hmm. most of the times. And like schedules could be all type of conflicting.
2: And it doesn't even necessarily have to be something of the physical. Sending a text message takes five seconds. You can okay. send in a text saying, Hey, I was thinking of you. Or you even do this to my sister. You send her some flowers. Like that, that flower is going. Don't care you about
3: two weeks. You. I mean, listen,
0: they, they, still, they still fresh okay. on the mantle, you know. Yeah, so right. you're
2: you good. Yeah, that took you, what, five minutes, gone there, type information in, her address, you set for two weeks. Or that text message with, you know, baby, I can't wait to see you tonight.
0: Mm-hmm. All the brothers right now. Yeah. Text out, <laughs> baby. Can't wait to see you. I don't care if you're sitting on the couch right now. Right. Send her a text message. You, you know, know she's upstairs. You know, or right. she might be waiting for you to take her into the basement, you know, right. all right, <laughs> to escort you into the basement. So quality time does it for you. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much the amount of time, but the time that we do spend together, excuse me, the time mm-hmm. we do spend together has to be quality. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. But you know, like a lot of a lot of men aren't taught that. Mm-hmm. So uh a lot of men aren't taught that their time is valuable. I was in that position mm-hmm. where when I got first when I first got married, I was after that bag. I was trying mm-hmm. to I had a certain ideal in my head of the type of man and provider that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So and I was uh in law school, I was doing, you know, I was busy. And so I was like when I come home like, when we spend time together, like, we're going to take, like, a big trip because, you know, that's going to be quality time for me. I walked in the house. But at that time, we had, now, this is this is fresh out of school. So, we had the couch, the pull-out couch that had, like, the floral design, you know, that was at like your grandma's house. All right, you know that pull-out couch. That <laughs> bet, was it, grandma's I'm couch. telling you, hey, <laughs> right. listen, we won't talk about Grandma that. Grandma blessed you. But, right? <laughs> so, listen, we, and she was sitting on that couch, and, you know, she's 4'11 with her little legs crossed. And she said, Andre? I did not get married to be at home mm-hmm. by myself. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so what I did was let me tell you how organ I had my financials planned out on the spreadsheet, <laughs> and I said, okay, well, let's sit down and talk about this. Now, if I stop doing this, that's going that line item is going to you know have to disappear because that brings in this amount of funds. I'm networking to build this. This here's the vision. She said, I don't care nothing about that.
1: We're gonna rework that a little yeah, bit. We rework, had to, yeah, rework, rework. The execution.
0: Was she yeah. at the
2: drawing table with you? She was, you was at though? the drawing
0: board. You know
2: when you made that vision? When I
0: made the vision? There? That that's a very was good she question. Was she at the drawing yeah. table? Awesome. awesome question. So let me say this. I asked for input. Okay. So I did I because mm-hmm. this is what I feel. And ladies, please join in. I felt that if I was gonna be married to you. I had to value your life and your goals Mm -hmm. just as much as I do my own because to be married to me is a choice. (laughs) Like all of the married folks that feel like, you know, and I'm not definitely not endorsing divorce, but God loves the divorcee. He just dislikes divorce. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. But let me say this. Marriage is a choice. (laughs) It is a choice. And you chose Mm -hmm. to be there. Mm -hmm. Like out of all the people in the entire world, you chose this person. I tell all of my male students, particularly, I say, listen, no matter what city you go into, no matter what state you're in, no matter what country you're in, there's going to be somebody that's fine there. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody's going to be attractive to you. Mm-hmm. So when you okay. select your mate, make sure that this is the one. And I tell them, what my goddad told me they can love the little boy inside, but respect the man that you currently are. And they say, OK, well, Mr. E. Brown, you know, she got to be fine. I said, OK, <laughs> I get all that. I get that. Um, But like what is let's let's get back to But here's the thing.
3: You Mm -hmm. have to have balance. Mm Okay. Um I'm an individual, she's an individual, she's everybody's gonna have something different. She wants a quality time, I need that money.
0: Okay. (laughs) I need that money. The capital M O
3: I don't wanna be in love at the bus stop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd rather be in love in a Range Rover. That's just me. Okay. (laughs) But the thing is this. All relationships are going to lack something somewhere, and that's because nobody is perfect. Mm -hmm. My significant other is super macho. I don't have to worry about brakes. I don't even know where to put all that in my car because I've never had to. I don't care about that part.
0: So his machismo is, you know, okay. (laughs) Yeah, you know,
3: so it's like, hey, I need to get Shout out for the machismo. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, but, of course, there's other areas of our relationship that might make the TMZ out. You
0: know, okay. but right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just fist bump the mic. Yeah. I, I,
3: okay. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying that to say there has to be a balance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's even with entrepreneurship, being a mother, being a wife, being a, you know, whatever it is, you have to maintain that balance. And the original question was mm-hmm. about being a woman in 2018. Uh, for me, you have to be prepared for everything. Mm-hmm. There may come a time where I have to pay that mortgage, I have to pay those car notes, and I need to be in a position to be able to do so. Now, do I want to do it every month? No, <laughs> <laughs> but I am in a position to where if I had to, I can, you, can, you know what right. I'm saying? And that that's just not even financial. That's in every area. Your business will get slow. It happens. That's when everything goes on sale. We got discounted on this. This is half off of that. You have to be prepared. Every day is not going to be, you know, the best day in business. So it's just having a balance, a balance with family, a balance, a balance with business.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. So clarify, please, if I heard you right, um, Stephanie, you were saying you need that quality time. Wanda, mm-hmm. uh, you, were, you were letting it be known <clears throat> that for you, like stability, that's what I was hearing, like mm-hmm. financial stability. Stability
2: mall,
3: same you
0: thing. Know, stability mall. I mean, you know, don't, but don't get it that. twisted.
2: We won't be, our quality time will not be at the bus stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right. Um, right.
2: But the key thing that she did say was finding that balance. And then also I think that you need to understand the person that you're with.
0: You oh, know, yes, um, absolutely.
2: You know, my the next person's significant other will, may not work for me because that w- we may not, you know, be able to see eye to eye on certain things that are important and know how to be able to balance one another. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like my quality time. Right. And I, and I'm going to know how to express that to you. Okay. But mm-hmm. we won't be doing that at the, the bus. bus stop. <laughs> right, so you're saying your
0: crazy has to match their crazy. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Look, we have about three minutes left. And I want to open it up for you all to, like, look directly into that camera and speak a word of positivity to—oh, we don't have—what's that? Oh, it's not working? I don't know. Okay. All right. So we have a couple minutes left, and I want you all to speak out uh, to those that are listening a word of positivity um, to encourage them uh, from this point forward. Let's start with our Carlotta and make our round.
1: Um a word of positivity. I think I um I live my life again on diversity and I think um um I think everybody should. Um don't set boundaries for yourself. Um and it was kinda tied into um what was gonna be my answer for um, you know, what is it like being a woman for twenty eighteen? I think there's just no limits and Basically, you can do anything, and that sounds so cliche, but I've always always felt that way um there might be uh, i mean I don't think there are boundaries, there might be obstacles, but okay. nece- but not necessarily boundaries, so obstacles can be overcome and 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 again that it to me it's just, it just don't don't limit yourself again, there are no boundaries really to me. Um, cause I, cause again, I play in many different places. I think women can play in many different places. Men can play in many different places. Um, again, don't limit yourself, open yourself up to all the possibilities, every single idea, creativity, initiative in your head. I just say, explore it. So don't set boundaries for yourself. Be open, explore what's in your heart. Excellent. Um,
4: A big thing for me is just like progress over perfection. And I think as women, we feel like we have to be everything and we have to be perfect at everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's really important that you take a step back and you you make sure that you're evaluating what is the most important to you and then Mm -hmm. you're giving it your all. And when you come up short, you're okay with making a change. You're okay with, you know, really respecting and loving yourself to do what's best for you.
3: Great. Um I think my words of encouragement to not just a woman entrepreneur but any entrepreneur do not stop. Listen to yourself. It's going to get hard and even though you think everybody around you life is perfect perfect and everybody is rich, they are not. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Listen to yourself. Whatever your dream is, stay true to that. Do whatever it is you have to do
2: to maintain it, but just do not stop. Do not give up on it. Excellent. Um my I guess words of encouragement will be um, just picking back off of my brother's uh, title of his book, the drawing board, go back to that drawing board. If the plan doesn't work out how you thought it would, um, don't give up on yourself and just remain um, encouraged. You know, there will be failures and obstacles, but revisit that drawing board and know that you can find every positive situation in something that may be negative to you.
1: Awesome.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I appreciated everybody being here today. I appreciated everyone. Uh, You know, lever- leveraging their their experience And being transparent about their walk Uh, This has been the Drawing Board Podcast Where we talk about family, relationship, ministry, community, and career And today we have talked about shattering glass ceilings You've heard what they said Know that there is no limits Make sure that you get progress over perfection Listen to yourself and don't give up And be willing to go back to the Drawing Board This is Andre Ebron, your host and the author of The Drawing Board